And once again, welcome. Welcome to our Monday night gathering here where we explore this, this path and this practice together really as a, a kind of inquiry with one another rather than some kind of mere belief. And this evening I'd like to begin with a story or just a, 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 a reminiscence I had when reflecting on what to share tonight. And it was when I was uh, a Zen monk during this time of year, usually maybe a week, week before this, but a little bit before uh, the new year, especially New Year's Day, we would always have a forget the old, old year celebration, <laughs> which I thought was great to celebrate and to have this act, this process of forgetting the old year. And there was one year that I think we had two forget the old year parties, which was great, even better. <laughs> and then for New Year's Day, New Year's Day was really significant at the Zen monastery I was at, the Zen center I was at, to celebrate um, beginning again. And I think because beginning again was so significant for the practice that we were engaged in. And tonight what I'd like to share with you is this idea, the importance of beginning again in our lives as a spiritual practice, how it relates to our spiritual practice, and how it's connected to, you could say, this, it's based on this forgetting. I don't think forgetting is the best word, but a kind of letting go. Because I need to let go in some kind of manner to really truly to, to begin again in my life. And I feel like that's what I'm learning is how do I do this one letting go so that I can begin again. And to point out what a natural process this is. Because this, is this is how nature works in terms of growing, isn't it? For example, when you think of a tree, it loses its leaves in the fall and it's the letting go of the leaves that allows for the budding of the new green leaves in spring. It's a moving forward. It allows a beginning again, that letting go of those leaves. And I think for me, that's why I'm especially excited about the ceremony that we're going to have tomorrow evening. I think it starts at, I can't remember. 6.30. 630. Thank you, Lizette. <laughs> what I love about community. I feel like I have a bigger memory bank with community. So we begin at 6.30, and I think we have a a sit at 5 or 5.30. Look on the flyer over there. I'll grab one. It's 5.30. 5.30. Thank you. Another part of my memory is working. It's so great. And and the reason I am uh, looking forward to the ceremony, because I feel like it is an outward, external expression of beginning again. And the frame of this ceremony will be around taking refuge. And I'll be going over tomorrow night how, at least for me, and hopefully you'll discover uh, for yourself uh, a particular kind of meaning for taking refuge that can give a sense of, oh, I can begin again. And hopefully begin again and again. And uh, So just an invitation, if that works for you, to come tomorrow evening for the the ceremony to see if we can embody some of what I'm talking about tonight. And this beginning again, hopefully it's not just in the new year that we do this. That's what I'm looking for, is how do I do this again and again? 
And we find this in the, the Buddhist tradition. For example, there's something called Uposada days. And Uposada days, uh, Uposada day happens on every uh, major phase of the moon. So the full moon, the moon, new moon, and, and both quarters of the moon. And it's a day, uh, both for monastics and uh, lay practitioners, to set aside that time to remember this practice and remember what's important. It's kind of, you could say you find this in, in many spiritual traditions. For example, having like a Sabbath day. To, to, to slow down, to have a different perspective of our lives. In order to begin again. And to begin again in a way that, that's, that's rooted in this, this letting go. Like, what do we need to let go of? What are the leaves that need to be let go of so that I can begin again? Or another thing that came to mind when I was reflecting on this, of these rituals of beginning again and a, a kind of a letting go is something that would happen when I was practicing in Burma. I did a long retreat when I was in Burma. And every morning the monastics would get together in pairs. They'd kind of kneel down with one another and they would chant this, this chant to one another that the, the, the spirit of it was, I'm, I'm sorry for the unskillful things that I have done. And basically, may I begin again? And yes, it probably was kind of rote, but the spirit of that, that early in the morning, this is how I'm going to begin my day of, of beginning again, and to have a ritual that holds that. It's not just for the new year, not just even for the phases of the moon. Every day in some manner. And last week, it, it felt like a beginning again for me. My partner and I did a self-retreat at home, which was it was great. I just want to really recommend if you can take set aside time to be at home and to really have a retreat schedule to be in silence. It, it's uh, it could be so powerful. It was more powerful than I expected. Uh, uh, and I notice for me to begin again on a retreat, I need to let go of all the ideas, the concepts I have about all the retreats I've done before that it should go like this <laughs> or like that. Because if you notice, our minds do this around all kinds of things, not just retreats. We do this around people and our work and things like that. How do you let go of those concepts around that in order to begin again? To see things freshly. And in our meditation practice, have you noticed it's all about beginning again? How do I contact the breath as if it's a new experience? to begin again with the breath. What would that be like? It's tough to do, isn't it? And I notice it's difficult to do because it's like my mind has this thought that, oh, I already know this. I already know this experience. I haven't let go of my other experiences of the breath. And so I can't begin again. So here it is, this central quality, beginning again around letting go. And not just around the breath. Where do we have to begin again around? What do I notice? The mind being lost in thought, right? <laughs> like In a half an hour of meditation, sometimes it feels like you can have a thousand opportunities to begin again. <laughs> is that only me on those stressful days or those other people? And what I notice is it's really important how I begin again. Am I carrying with me, oh, I can't do this? 
or I'm so sick and tired of the mind thinking all the time, or here's the judging mind again, or the sleepy mind. What's it like to let go of those judgments and simply to begin again, to notice thinking's been happening, to pause, and then to begin again? And yeah, it's difficult, I want to acknowledge, to begin again, whether it's with the breath or with the mind being lost in thought or around some event in your life especially in meditation, beginning again, moment after moment, to, to begin again to be present. And there's a poem that expresses this. This is a, a poem by Marie Howe. It's entitled a Prayer, and she's speaking about it in more of a, a, a context of, of praying, but I think it's applicable to meditation about the challenge of it to begin again. So that's the way I take it, as I'm thinking about meditation, even though it's in this kind of more of this, uh, this, this prayer context. She says, every day I want to speak with you, and every day something more, something more important calls for my attention. The drugstore, the beauty products, the luggage I need to buy for the trip. Even now I can hardly sit here among the falling piles of paper and clothing, the garbage, garbage trucks outside already screeching and banging. The mystics say you are as close as my own breath. Why do I flee from you? My days and nights pour through me like complaints and become a story I forgot to tell. Help me. Even as I write these words, I am planning to rise from the chair as soon as I finish this sentence. (laughs) Doesn't it feel like that sometimes to get yourself to meditate? Do you feel, and I love her list, the the pull of the drugstore or the beauty products or the luggage you need to buy? Or the screeching of the the garbage truck outside. (laughs) How do we do this? How do you let go of the distractions, the things that pull you away from your spiritual practice? To, for example, get down and to, to sit in meditation, to have a quiet space for yourself on a regular basis. It requires some kind of letting go, doesn't it? I need to, so often what I need to let go of is sometimes, you know, filling up our schedules with different things other than maybe what's most important to us. And I want to point out that this dilemma is part of practice because it's the practice of truly learning what it is to begin again around, for example, a meditation practice. And I think this beginning again based on letting go points to this art of forming a habit, the habit of having a spiritual practice, a regular spiritual practice. How do you do that? How do you form that habit? Because when I speak with people, often this is the biggest dilemma. So many practitioners will come to me and say, you know, I want to meet with you. 
usually it's like, okay, at least a 45% chance that they're going to be like, how do I get my meditation practice going again? <laughs> it's tough. But how do we have a sense of, of, of seeing the importance of it and the need of it to make it central in some way? Because we do it with other things. I mean, do you ever go a couple months without brushing your teeth and then think, man, I need to get back to that brushing teeth. I know it's a good thing. <laughs> I mean, maybe I, I shouldn't assume here. Maybe there is. Or taking a shower. I don't know if you've gone three or four months and have been like, it might be good to take a shower. <laughs> like we have these habits that we do that we know are kind of just part of our lives. What would it be like if your meditation practice was like, like that, where it's like, it's, it's, it's as important as brushing your teeth, as important as taking a shower. It's just one of those things you do to move in the world to do that. And I want to say, this is a whole conversation that I won't get into all the details in, but I want to say it's different for every one of us of how to have this inspiration to continue to practice. You know, for some people it's like, how do I just have a regular practice until maybe signing up for one of the weekend retreats that we offer here? Like there's going to be a, week, a weekend retreat in a couple of weeks. Okay, I'm going to sign up for that, and then I'm just going to practice for two weeks, every three days or every other day or every day. And then there's the retreat, so I have something to mark that with. You know, and then I think we might have another retreat in March, or there might be other things to have as a, a vision in that way to help with beginning again or it can be beginning again with um, I remember speaking with one person who said you know he, he just didn't have the quote unquote discipline to sit regularly so what he did is in the he lived in a kind of a you know bigger city than Flagstaff he found a sitting group to sit with every night of the week and that's what worked for him is he would go to a sitting group just to sit. Even if he didn't feel like there was much of a connection with the sitting group, he's like, oh, this is important to me, and I can't do it alone, and so I need to find a group to do this. And I want to point out what he needed to let go of was, I can do this on my own. You ever have that feeling? Like, oh, I should be able to do this on my own. And that's the, the grasping onto an idea that prevents his practice from, uh, from unfolding of like, this, this individualism of I should be able to do it on my own. And I think that's what happens is like that's when things stop, when, when, it, when things, things don't begin again when I'm holding on to some concept like that. It's kind of like if you ever play catch with a dog, you know, you throw the ball, run after it and catch the ball, and then they come back, and it's like they won't let go of the ball. It's like, come on, come on, drop it, come on, drop it, drop it. you got to drop it if you want to play play the game. <laughs> you've experienced that you know that there's just they they can't let go <laughs> and then you can't begin again right there it is what are your jaws clenched around that's making it that you can't begin again whether it be around your meditation practice or or other things and I think this really segues into the sense of beginning again around problems and difficulties in our lives. 
because I notice that I can't begin again around the challenges of my life when my jaws are clenched around an issue in a way that I feel like I have such a strong concept around it. And it can be around so many things. It could be around the old injury or health problem that you have, right? That, That what that can evoke is not begin again, but the opposite, not again. Oh, not again. I don't want to deal with this again. I mean, I'm into making problems and difficulties in my spiritual practice, but this wasn't on the list. <laughs> you ever have that feeling where it's like, yeah, I'm down for this whole thing of like, oh yeah, the difficulties are the, are the path, but not, not this one. Not the weird ankle injury that happens to me like every couple weeks that is people, you know, I've gone to and say, we don't know what's going on. Yeah, good luck. And then it can have the feeling of when it happens, not again. But I'm clenching to this idea, this desperate idea that this shouldn't happen to my body. And then I can't begin again with it. My jaws are so tight. What's the issue or the problem that it's challenging to begin again around? Whether it be the physical ailments or anxiety or depression or the challenge when that, with that particular person where you have that particular idea about them, or the situation where you feel like you have it all figured out. How do you loosen the jaws so you can begin again? Because it truly is, I have found in the challenges and in the difficulties, practice can unfold in amazing ways. The, the poet uh, Sacho Juken puts it well. He says, Here in the dragon's jaws, many exquisite jewels. Here in the dragon's jaws, many exquisite jewels. What are the dragon's jaws for you? As I was mentioning, is it the health problem, the other person, the situation? Where is that? Where Where is the... Where is the the challenge? And can you find the jewels in there, in the dragon's jaws? And I think this speaks to maybe a different vision of, of really what it is to move forward in our lives, to grow, to let go of the the old leaves to allow for the budding leaves of the spring. And it reminds me of um, a statement made by Eugene Genlin. Eugene Genlin was a, a he wrote a lot in philosophy, but he was also a, a psychologist. He'd done a lot of research in psychology, really interesting research in psychology, um, and interesting work in philosophy. And somebody asked him, what is the vision of mental health being mentally healthy? And he said, new problems. <laughs> I love that. Because for him, that was the switch. He actually spent a lot of his time researching of how does change happen in the therapeutic setting? And he looked at all these kind of 
audio tapes of listening to clients and therapists and to notice the process that was going on for the client where there was change. And often it was around a shift of, of how do you kind of let go of the old problems and to allow them to be a new problem so that there's growth and movement. Because so often, right, the, the, we think of mental health being as, I don't have any problems. Who <laughs> doesn't have any problems? <laughs> Do you notice how that can be a, a concept that we hold as human beings? But it's kind of a silly concept, don't you think? What would it be like to live a life where there's health, where you just have new problems? Wouldn't it be wonderful to have new problems? Not the same old problems? <laughs> again and again? And then you get to begin again with a new problem. Might have been the old problem, but now it's new. Because you've learned how to begin again with it. And I, I think you hear some of this is around how I'm viewing experience and how I'm holding on to how I view experience. It reminds me of... Um, uh, there was this French philosopher, Michel Foucault, who spoke, uh, who wrote a lot about this intersection between how power and knowledge, especially the idea of fixed knowledge, get overcoupled in a way, especially socially, where dynamics of oppression can happen and suffering. And one of his things that he liked to emphasize is that there's, there's, there's no like view or position to have where you finally come to a place where you know everything where you finally got it. And he said, if that's really the world that we live in, that there's not one view that's the right view, because what comes with one view and the right view, when it gets mixed with power, often what comes with that is oppression. Because those who don't have the same view, then they, they get squashed upon. This is a lot of times his analysis of how oppression works. And so he said, if this is the case, then we always have to have the willingness to begin again. Because there's always something limited in my view. So I need to let go of my, my, my jaws that are clenching on to remain open. How do you do that? And I want to point out I think it's important to see that new beginnings are possible. Because sometimes, you know, maybe it's just the way the news works. It doesn't feel like new beginnings are possible sometimes, is what I notice. You ever have that feeling where it feels like just the same old situation or a worse situation? But new beginnings really are possible. So, for example, you know, I was reflecting on this, and I want to share with you some new beginnings that happened in this year of 2019 that are so striking. <coughs> like in 2019, beginning in January, the, the, the uh, 116th Congress is the most diverse U.S. Congress that we've ever had in terms of gender, race, and ethnicity. Isn't that amazing? In the whole history of this country, we're at a point where it's the most diverse so far.
I was uh, reading that there's a new therapy that came out for cystic fibrosis. It's supposed to be quite radical for 90% of the people who are suffering from that. A kind of drug regimen that will help with, um, with some of the symptoms to see that, oh, wow, there's something new emerging in our knowledge, a kind of new beginning, a letting go of an old vision to a new vision that really transforms lives. Or, or to see that same-sex marriage was legalized in Austria, Taiwan, Northern Ireland, and Ecuador in 2019. Mm. Isn't that amazing? New beginnings. A letting go of old views into new views. Happening in this year that sometimes maybe looked kind of dark. So what's it like to begin again in that sense? Whether it be beginning again with your meditation practice, coming to Monday nights. I was going to say the other thing I wanted to announce with that is that on we're going to start a new uh, 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 evening on Thursday nights, starting at the last Thursday of January. And it'll be a similar format but a little bit different. We'll start at 6 p.m. instead of 7 p.m., so 6 to 8 Sometimes for some people this is a little bit late. And the instead of a Dharma talk, there might be some more interactive stuff going on. Otherwise, way, you get two nights, you know, a, a week where you can... But there'll still be a 30-minute sit, so you have a, a, of that. So there's some kind of regularity. So uh, there'll be more information, but there's also flyers about this too. So please join us on Thursday nights if, if that works for you. And also this beginning again, maybe tomorrow uh, tomorrow evening for our ceremony to engage in that. And again, there's a flyer about that, and I'll say a few words about that after our sit. In light of this, I invite you just to now maybe take a, a minute or two to stretch and move your legs, and then we'll begin to sit together and, and practice this beginning again in the meditation itself.